0: You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. There's no need for any kind of that stuff at all. No room in this this country for that kind of behavior. Boy, John, that just makes you sick, doesn't it? 14 seconds left. The crowd reacting. And 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 these officials really need to get off. You know what the fans gotta stop throwing crap we just saw a guy get hit in the head and he's down split his head wide open the fans have got to control themselves people are getting hurt live from the world famous laugh factory on the sunset strip this is the fanatics podcast with your host sean joshi
1: do you know what sound that is, Josh Adam Myers? It is the sound of the new year. A happy new year to our guest here today, Josh. How are
2: you? Old Langsy, you know, Old having the Langsai. best, best first couple days of 2019. I
1: love that. You're all in this positivity kick now, right? Oh, I'm
2: a completely positive person. The, the negativity still lives there, but I'm removing him slowly.
1: I love it. I love it. It has been an exciting 2018, right? Many sports memories, the 18-inning, seven-hour-long World Series game, the emerging of Patrick Mahomes, Khabib McGregor, Federer's run, the return of Djokovic, France winning the World Cup, the Warriors, the Eagles, Tiger coming back, legalized gambling. You
2: forgot one thing. What is that? The Washington Capitals winning their first Stanley Cup.
1: The Washington Capitals winning their first Stanley Cup, and like – Alexander Ovechkin getting drunk pretty much in every part of the world, hundred <laughs> percent, and ensuing three months, and you know?
2: actually making hockey probably the most popular it's ever been in years. Because- I will say,
1: yeah, hockey seemed to have a good year this year. It's also one of those like. Sports hipster sports, meaning like, you know, there's definitely a certain breed of hockey sure, fan that, that, no. like,
2: that is like, you know, I watch hockey, bro. You know what I mean? I think that, I think it's just, it hasn't, it hasn't really broken in the United States, but you know, around the world it's enormous. But, yeah, absolutely. but, it, but it's just specifically in America, it's like you have diehard fans sure. and then you have like hot girls and <laughs> that will go if they get free tickets. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's just, it's not a, it's not a game. Like whereas basketball is like you go to a Lakers game, you're going to be seen. Right, right. Like you, if you're going to usually when you go to like a Kings game or for me when you go to a Caps game, whatever it is, like you're going because you love this team. Right. And I love the Washington Capitals. So, so
1: Capitals, where you? I will say about hockey in general. I think. You know they're on the top two lists of athletes. Hot girls like love and love to date. It goes. Oh to like yeah, hockey dude. dudes and baseball players. Yes. I think are are the two. Well, on top I of it. dude, they're,
2: they're, they're It's one of the most violent sports. Yeah, in the world, it's
1: still legal to just. Fight a motherfucker. Yeah. And, and like, I've, you fight a motherfucker yeah. on the ice, like, straight up fist fight. You do that, like, uh, 500 feet in the opposite direction, it's felony assault. Yes. You it's, know, it's amazing to me that they can still do that. And, you know, it's awesome, too. I, I like think
2: I think that's kind of why uh, hot girls dig it. Like, I have this belief. it's yeah, something primal. The hottest girls that you'll ever see at any event are at the X Games. Yeah. Because they are attracted to guys that risk their lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so... It's, like, if you go to the X Games, like, when they—the the guy will do, you know, Travis, whatever the fuck his name is, will do, like, nine— flips in a row and they're like isn't that incredible and then they cut to his girlfriend <laughs> and she's just so gorgeous and you're like what the fuck and then they cut back to him you're like no 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 go back to the girl yeah, yeah. it's just women love guys that women. that are, that are will, willing to hurt themselves to entertain others you haven't
1: loved until you've lost a woman to a musician or like a skateboarder yeah, oh yeah dude. you know what i mean yeah yeah there's something also about like Musicians and skateboarders and surfers, like they're so much in the moment because they have to be yeah. in that moment when they're doing it. So they end up having their own kind of like charm and shit. You know what I mean, which I also think like women are very attracted to. They're always like funny, chill motherfuckers and completely, children. completely.
2: It's just you know, just the, the the positive ions of the ocean, and you know the the positive ions of uh, of doing a nine eighty off a goddamn halfpipe, off a
1: goddamn halfpipe. Yeah, but man. Speaking of music, uh, we have Josh Adam Myers today, <laughs> who is the executive producer of the goddamn Comedy Jam Thank and the awesome new podcast, The Five Hundred, where you are going through every. What so is every can album, my, can we do the pitch? Do the pitch. Give right. me the elevator so pitch. So
2: it's the the 500 with Josh Adam Myers is uh, it's a record book club. I'm using Rolling Stone magazine's list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. Right. Uh, I sit down with a guest, give them uh, a week with their record, and uh, and then we break it down. We talk about the album, we talk about the meanings of the songs, and I ask some questions around that. We talk about facts from the record and uh it's great man it's it's a way for us you know what i mean us like human beings to experience art and uh there's no better time than now because with spotify and title and apple music you can just type in the name of this album and pull it up listen to it once you don't yeah. even gonna have to listen to the record to actually get you know what we're talking about sure. it helps but at the same time it's literally just a very interesting discussion about art and uh I've had, you know, Bill Burr, Jim Jeffries, Sinbad. I have That's Tom Segura, on there. Uh, Wanda Sykes, and uh, I'm loving it. So we're only, we're at 490, we just released 491. And uh, you know you can jump on whenever and 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 enjoy the ride because this is the greatest recorded music in the history of mankind. Yeah, so.
1: that's a, greenlit. Book it. It's greenlit. I it's love so good. it. It's a great idea. And also you can listen to albums. Uh, and then you know for the week ahead of it, and then also like yeah, you know what's coming these up. These awesome comedians and yeah. Josh like. Well, I'm having
2: dude stuff. like. Sean, Josh I,
1: is super knowledgeable about like music.
2: Well, that's I I that's the this is the thing, and this is why I chose to do it is yeah. that I know. My my youth, like I know about music, but I would say most people know about like forty artists, about a hundred records, yeah. and I I was so people always assume they're like hey, you know have you ever listened to this Bob Dylan record? Have you ever listened to this ELO record or this you know Outcast, whatever it is? And I hadn't, and I I just I'm so over like well you know we've talked before when I did this podcast, it's just like I went through this big life changing event. And I, I just want to feel and I want to experience. And, you know, our time is limited. And, and, you know, as as there's new music released or whatever, it's just I'm not really as into that. And I want to go back and experience some of this music that has changed people's lives. Yeah. You know?
1: And I will say, it does, when you go back and you listen to some of those records, especially as far as rock music is concerned, the stuff that's going on there is just so much more progressive. And you in terms of you listen to it and it feels more new, fresh and groundbreaking than anything that you'll really like here today. Dude, I've I've listened to. So we
2: like I said, I've done I've done nine, nine. We've released nine episodes and I really listen to these records. I mean, I have been moved to tears about three or four times and it's just like I would never expect it. But once you know, like the story behind yeah. Bonnie Raitt's record, the story behind you know B.B. King, Live at Cook County, whatever it is, Stone Roses, uh, you know, it's just it's it's powerful stuff. And I'm just I'm so like I would do this podcast if nobody was listening, right? right. So I that's and I'm just excited, and
1: I hope people. Well, join that's the movement. what makes it a good podcast because it comes from love, love, dude, love, it's
2: all baby. love. I'm 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 shedding my pain body.
1: <laughs> I'm living in the now. I'm enjoying I, every moment. I like when I see Josh because when I see him at the clubs, I always have a good discussion with you. Whether you know, thirty to one, three to one, CBD shit is important. I wish I would have brought not. it. I know it's that in my car. So nice. it's, I
2: would. I should have brought it out.
1: I know that you're a huge fan of it. I know. I wish our producer shit, had Tommy was here. We could go. Well, s- you send know him like sweet, an Aaron. You know, to go you what? It, wait,
2: what I now. love about you is that as I was going through this like complete existential crisis, which I actually believe it's by my midlife crisis. Like sure. you know, I, if I'm lucky people always like 50s midlife i'm like all right you know really it's about 30 i'd say about 37 if you're lucky
1: there's some more mid there's i think there's a mid i think there's a quarter life crisis now a lot of people go through when they at get 25 23 24 25 now. i think that's just having to
2: deal with responsibility i yeah. mean at yeah. this age i'm 39 and you know i i was so depressed for so many years and then i just wanted to break out of that and you were the guy that turned me on to Eckhart Tolle, and 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 that was like you we had that discussion at the laugh factory long beach uh, it was, was i just, think it was down in long
1: beach yeah it was yeah. and we
2: just and i told you what i was going through and you were like read this read this and i was like done and then within like a week i was like dude i read it and yeah. oh my god and blah blah it's blah. amazing and and when you and then i started shedding all of that that bullshit that i was carrying around and and it's just i've really been able to like enjoy myself and enjoy stand up uh, yeah. more than i ever have and and to enjoy like working on projects that that like you said that there's love behind, right? You know, right. it's 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 a life is a beautiful thing, and uh, we don't enjoy it too. We we people say they do, and they're like, "I'm enjoying every moment." No, you're not. Now, no, if,
1: you're not. If you've never read Eckhart, Tolle, I mean, even the first page of that book, the new, it's just like maybe the most beautiful first page I've ever read where he talks about the first flowers that ever like bloomed on earth. Once yeah. Earth was just, you know, all green and that had to bloom. And then once, there was once in that one moment, the first flower that bloomed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the cool thing about Eckhart too is it's non religious. It's not like, oh, you gotta believe in this or you gotta no. believe in God yeah. or any of that shit. It's not like that. It's more about managing like yourself, and like, if you think about like who you are or this this suit of flesh we have on, you're almost like a captain in a ship, like you're sitting in like a captain in a ship. And it's just like teaching you how to pull the levers and how to maneuver the ship around, you know, not just physically, but emotionally in a soul. Because we don't, we're not taught to think about things in a way that Eckhart breaks down like how, where nervousness comes from, where anxiety comes from, where those things that we associate with negativity or depression, how, how we can kind of identify those things. And by identifying them, we can take away their power. They're not these great big mystical things that are just existentially hammering shit down on you yeah. for like, for, you know, eternity, you know? We, they teach so much bullshit in high school
2: Mm-hmm. You know, and in elementary school, I'm not saying it's all bullshit, but it's just like I if they should teach you like about like, you know, how to like basically live your life to be a good person. Yeah, to, you know, you know, balance, like do your taxes, all these things like how how important money is like that. That's those are the things that they should be teaching you as you're when you're in grade school uh, as well as as the other stuff. But. Have a class to like figure out that it's okay to be sad. It's okay to like you know to to you know to make mistakes, but like how to change and just keep yourself in a positive mental attitude. I know that sounds weird to say you're teaching kids that, but it's like I don't ever fucking use geometry. I don't. <laughs> right. I don't. Other people might. But a lot of us aren't, you know what I mean? And I took that, you know, that's a year of my life I took geometry. And it's like, I don't fucking need that. What am I going to do with that?
1: Yeah. What am I building? They definitely need something in terms of like mental mental health for kids. And all that is is really teaching yourself how to maintain your mental health the same way that you maintain your body going to the gym. So it gives you those tools to kind of be able to do that. Completely. But there's no like evangelical part. As soon as somebody says to you, you have to believe in this for something to work, I'm out. Because it's bullshit. You're setting up an an organized structure in which there's a power dynamic. And that's really the basis of organized religion and cults. And there's no difference in in essence between organized religion and cults. If we're getting to the very Oh
2: no I completely agree. Definitely completely agree. That. What, what Disorganized was
1: organized religion I'm the biggest fan of you know, which if you look back at religious figures who who religions have been created around them, they were always in their time actually destroying religious structures. Whether yeah. that's you know Jesus or Buddha or, or whoever, yeah, they were the most uh, people who believe acolytes of disorganized religion. Completely, you know, rather than kind of like a cult.
2: Sure, cultsport. but I mean, it was a cult back then. Hence why the fucking <laughs> the Jews killed Jesus. They were like, we got it, we got to quiet this motherfucker down. <laughs> this dude. He- so the guy had his ear cut off and he put his hand over it and now his ear came back. Yeah. I'm just going by the passion of Christ. I watched it. Yeah. He's a, a big you know Mel Gibson fan. I'm a huge Mel Gibson huge fan. Mel, well,
1: actually, Mel Gibson, I will say, for his batshit craziness and his anti-Semitism, which tsk, Tisk we are saying is very bad, right? Uh, he's amazing he's just an amazing filmmaker. He dude, uh one of my first jokes that I
2: ever had on stage, uh, was a Mel Gibson joke. It was it was when he was uh, in the full bloom of his anti-Semitism Yeah. Give you, so to give you the time stamp I think of when I started and, uh, and I went on stage I was like it all makes sense that Mel Gibson uh, Is anti-Semitic Because there were no Jews In the road warrior And then I do like can you imagine if they were And they were like why do we have to wear All this leather I don't understand Lord humongous it's so hot out here Come on we're never gonna get The ka ka-chunk, ka-chunk Let's yeah, just yeah, yeah. go That
1: and fucking Apocalypto is amazing. I love Apocalypto. Apocalypto is the truth,
2: dude. I reference Apocalypto at least once a month on stage. Uh, Only specifically. (laughs) You've probably seen me do it. Apocalypto
1: is an amazing, like specific Feet in filament it's incredible yeah. but
2: my favorite part of that movie which I reference all the time is the when they're cutting the heads off and the shaman guy in the back that's like going speaking in tongues where he's like right. hi, 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 hi. <laughs> so anytime I have an audience member that can't when I'm talking to them and they can't get words out I was like were you the you know, shaman are of you' the Apocalypse shaman from apocalypto hi Oh I, I love fucking it.
1: love that movie. Yeah. I mean I can't spoil it cuz it's been out for so long but even the like Shyamalanian twist of like the the uh the uh whoever that is the Christ uh, the Christians landing the westerners landing Oh at, the, at end? the end yeah and that feeding into the whole apocalypse uh you know, theory throughout the movie. All those little twists like that. That just gets me so that was a fantastic Fucking film. hard, man. Dude, I love it.
2: I, I saw, I remember seeing Apocalypto in the theater and like being, I think I yeah. saw it like twice. I was so into it because it's just a chase movie. Yeah. That's all it is. It it's is. just, it's, it's ba- uh, the bare bones of a chase movie. I also went to go see The Passion of the Christ. That one I had
1: never seen because it looked like just snuff points. I don't know. James getting the shit beaten out of him for fucking two hours. Well, that's He's what it is. Fucking, and fucking hostile to Jesus Christ edition So
2: I go to see that with my. Buddy Tassos, uh, and I remember looking over and he's like weeping. And like, I look around the theater and everybody's <laughs> crying. And I was just like, and yeah, this is like fuck? towards the end of the movie, I'm just like, dude, I gotta get out of here. Yeah. And he goes, he goes, all right, man, I'll see you. And then as I walked out of the theater, I noticed that uh, Broken Lizards Club Dread was playing and about to start. <laughs> yeah. I like, go, I'm going to see that movie. Yeah. And then I just went in to see that and I just like laughed my ass off. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a passion the cry. So, like, when does Freddy Krueger or Jason Voorhees show up in this shit? You it know was, what I mean? It's super, super. Super but apocalypto is amazing if you take two things from this podcast number one Eckhart Tolle, number two apocalypto watch now, it it's great watch it. now music Josh has played I would say an instrumental no pun intended part of of your career not only the 500 but you really became well known i would say with the goddamn comedy jam correct there's yeah that was well the goddamn comedy
2: jam i was starting to make like which you was know, on comedy central which was on comedy central i was starting to make like some some kind of like moves in stand-up I had, I had gotten like new faces and and people and i new was faces it, is here just for laughs a, I just laughs. Laugh. Laugh. so it's like one of like the 20 comics that they pick and say the next big things and uh, and then I just got, like, so depressed because it wasn't moving as fast as I wanted to. And Meaning I was, your career. Well, yeah. And also, I was just kind of... I was over stand-up. Um, I'm hearing, like, noise or something. You're hearing that? Also, my mic's down, like, really low. Can you hear it?
1: Fucking shithead guy. I can hear you. Shithead Tommy. This is what happens. He fucks us even when the show isn't here.
2: So, where was I? Yeah. So, we can pick it up from so i was so i was you know doing stand-up but just not my heart wasn't into it and yeah. i had played music my whole life and uh we used to have this now big- why,
1: why wasn't your heart into stand-up because you weren't getting the back-end results that you want or you weren't in love with performance so
2: actually it'll be seven years from tomorrow i would uh lost my best friend angelo bowers uh the funniest comedian i've ever met right. and um this is probably about, he, he had died January 3rd, 2012. And then we, you know, we're, I'm talking like this is probably almost, I'd say about a good year and a half, almost two years post that. And I just was so unhappy because I had never dealt with that. Right. And stand up just wasn't as sweet as it used to be without him. It was like he was that guy that, you know, I would have quit when I, if I, if I if never met him when I had started, I would have quit. Because it wasn't like it, it clicked with me right away. Like right. I, it took me, it took me a good like year to start getting good, getting you know some laughs, like good laughs. You know what I mean, like doing well. And as it does for a lot of people, so don't give up if you're not getting laughs. You know, at that first year, it'll it'll it takes time.
1: Give up, go home. There's too much traffic on the four hundred five. <laughs> don't listen to him. <laughs> Keep trying,
2: uh, but. I just after he passed away, I it just the 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 spark was gone and I wasn't like, you know,
1: I, I don't I don't know what it was. So I just you have to be in love with stand up to do it. Otherwise, you're just putting yourself through misery because it's such a weird and odd thing to do, you know, unless you're like completely living inside of your craft, you know, and you're feeling kind of, I think, you know, just from talking to you before the show, what you're feeling now, which is when you're going on stage. And you're living in the material and you're uh, excited about it.
2: That's the key, is that yeah. that you couldn't have said it any better. Is that you're that I'm so what I did is and this is the thing, is I did New Faces and I did I did okay. I didn't yeah. do great. I wasn't the darling of the festival, but I get off stage and I was with this shitty agent and I'm like, no manager wanted me. And I talked to him about it. He goes, dude, they just they don't know what to do with you. They they think you're kinda edgy and you're kinda dirty and you know, you your hair's long and you're this like rocker guy, and you 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 know you you sing and stuff in your act too, and it's like they don't know what to do with you. So the right. reason I started falling out of love with it was because I started leaning in the other direction. I was like I was getting away from who I really was, and I started trying to fit the mold of that that Hollywood that I thought Hollywood wanted. And so then as I did that, it just it just I wasn't writing. I was writing material that just really wasn't me that I thought people would find funny. And, yeah and then uh and then when I got to the point of complete frustration, that was when I created the jam
1: I you know it's I struggle with that too you know because people you you say in terms of expectations a lot of times you know being an Indian on stage people expect you to be like a certain thing like nerdy yeah. it jokes you know like all that kind of bullshit which I am very much like not yeah, you know what I mean? So, like, yeah, I've had those struggles, too, like, oh, should I fit into a box of what is castable in Hollywood for an Indian or minority? You know, because they expect, like, very certain things from you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That you can just easily walk into. Like, for instance, the IT guy, for one, or the office guy. I've been told that, like— Oh, we want you to be an IT guy. Get headshots to look like you're the IT guy. Or that you work in yeah. an office or whatever. You know? And I remember saying, Oh, I'm never gonna do that shit. The very first role I got was like dressed up like the Saudi guy, you know, pretty much, you know, in a brown face type of situation. And I'm yeah. like, What the fuck am I doing? You know, I never would have I never would have done this like yeah. previously. You when well, you're
2: working and that's that's such a hard thing to do is to yeah. work, but I mean that was, that was my, in my headspace, I was like, I will never book anything if I just am myself. Cause I, like I said, I didn't love myself for a super long time. And so, and, and, so
1: through the process of discovering yourself, you came through, how did the goddamn So the jam, up? jam
2: was started because um, I had played music growing up and we used to have these jam sessions at this theater at yeah. this now defunct theater called the Unknown Theater. That was where I met Bill Burr. That was where I met Chris Porter, me, Angelo. You know, they, they do this show. There. Chris
1: Porter is fucking hilarious. Hilarious. By the
2: way. Great musician, too, but yeah. hilarious comedian. And the the owner of this theater, like every Sunday night, they had a comedy show there that Sarah, Tiana, and Laurel Valdivia uh, ran. And the show was like, you know, moderately attended. But as soon as the show ended, people started coming for the hangout because the guy kept the theater open until like four or five in the morning and he had just free booze. Everybody would drink and oh, just man. have the best time,
1: and then he—that st- is a gold standard in LA. If you don't know, everyone thinks of LA as a world class city, but this city shuts down at one thirty or two. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you have a public space that you can still have booze and drink, in, it's a speakeasy, dude. Yeah. it is like you. It is you're at it's
2: gold. It's and, gold. And and he and what we would do is like as I was just still a year into stand up when I well, not a year like yeah. months. Uh, I was so good at like organizing this jam session because I realized all these there's all these comics were musicians too and they all started jamming and I would be like the front man and I would play drums and guitar and do whatever and that was where I met the band that I used Elemento P uh, who are fantastic and then Uh, I started hosting the show when Sarah Tiana and Laura dropped it and the band was just on stage. That was like my house band and I started playing around with them and seeing the reaction that the audience gave us when we did that and then when other comics would start fucking around, it was was like they started going nuts and then we did
1: a couple like... Yeah, because I think comics kind of have that athlete thing in them where like so many of them would like to be musicians because comics want to be cool but like... Comedy isn't really cool, you know what I mean? Sure. I mean funniest, it's I think but mu- that music yeah. is always cool. Music you know what comedy I
2: mean? is is judged while music is just enjoyed. Exactly. You know, music it doesn't make it different. Like I could yes. love I could love a Beatles song, a Wu Tang song, and a Katy Perry song. Right. It doesn't make it if it sounds good to my eardrums, exactly I'm gonna like it. Oh for sure. And for me, it was just super easy to go in and out of both of those. And then me and the band did like a small uh, trial attempt at the goddamn comedy jam at this like little cafe. Um, we did about two shows with like TJ Miller and Adam Devine. But Adam Devine goes up, and there was like re- the second one was very lightly attended, and he sings a song. Was with he, the band. was this
1: uh, pre Workaholics or pre Workaholics? Right at the, the beginning, yeah. it was
2: first season. Right, and I had known Adam for a while because he was a big guy at the Unknown Theater, and adam did he bailed on his set and just is like he's like hey can you guys to ask the band he's like can you guys play this song and he mentioned something and the band was like yeah and then he sang and the crowd went bananas really? and mean, he go, seems like a music theater kid he's great almost, dude he'd be good at it and then that was the moment that was yeah. that was 2010 and then uh some stuff happened how'd you, you
1: how, yeah how'd you get a green at comedy central
2: then? well the the show became a hit you know, immediately because I had Burr on the first two. Yeah, shows. you've had like every big I motherfucker have. on the show. I've had, yeah. I've had everybody has done it. Uh, you know, there's only a couple that haven't. Um, I
1: imagine it would be very intimidating. Do you ever get like comics kind of scared to do it? You yeah, know?
2: there's a lot of them. That's like, there's a lot. Even the ones that there's ones that are scared that still do it because like Bill Burr said it best. He goes, "I don't know how this will help me in my life, but I know it will." Because mm-hmm. if you can get over that, singing in public, it's just like public speaking for other right, people. For sure. If you can get over that stuff, man, you're good to go. Yeah. And but also I let them know it's the audience isn't expecting Celine Dion. They're expecting just
1: They know it's Bill Burr. They, they know, know it's Big Jay Okerson, They know yes. it's Hassan Minaj or whatever. And, and so they
2: know. get behind them. And yeah. that's why it's the support because
1: Where the show is now. And then it's like everyone's doing it together. It's super fun. If you've never seen the show, it's it's super fun. The comics start singing their favorite bands or songs they want to sing. So
2: comics do stand up, then they tell a story about why they chose the song they're going to sing, and then they sing it with a live band. And it's um, it's like what it's become now is just this huge love fest. We do it uh, every other month at the Roxy. And I'm telling you, it the is Roxy. It is. Dude, it, Sean, it is. It is honestly for me because it's been a TV show. I tour with it already. Sure. And it, like I the only reason I do it in L.A. now is just to clear negative energy. Like that's it. It's like literally it's just well, it's I a get very to, powerful
1: tool to do. So that.
2: powerful. I get to get all that junk out and it's become like this big love fest where I used to like bring people on stage and like, kind of like do musical improv and kind of shit on them. Now it's like the furthest thing that I do. It's all about just everybody being present, Whoa. being in the moment, and just being together. And
1: I love that kumbaya shit. It's Josh so kumbaya.
2: It's hundred percent. It's very earthwind and fiery. <laughs> it's very earthwind. So, they're a very positive band. I'm so how'd you get, get
1: it up now. on? Uh, how'd you how'd you get a green light at Comedy Central? How was so, that process? I,
2: so we sold it. Uh, I started working with this production company after the first show because there was so much industry coming for the second one. Um, we actually sold it to CW first.
1: Yeah, I first of all, I just remember this is before I knew you. I just remember there being a buzz around the show before I ever even saw it on Comedy Central, even within the comedy community. One because you know the lineups were all insane. You know what I lineups mean? Lineups were great. And but number I, two was the vibe. You could there was a lot of love comics loved doing it and yeah. people loved going to the show you know you yeah. can tell people just really love being a part of it
2: I, I think that's kind of the community is what what took it there because it was just word of mouth i remember that first show we you know we, it was done and we, we were at the lyric theater uh on la brea and they have this huge green room where the comics hung out and we just opened the doors and had this big after party in the theater and like literally the whole audience came in and I remember David Angelo, who's now a writer for The Daily Show, walked up to me with like, his mouth on the floor, and he was just like,
0: oh, my God. Oh, my God. That was the greatest show
2: I've ever seen. And that was everybody's reaction yes. because you know other people had done similar versions of that show, but we just executed it. It's like you were talking about like leaning into who you are, right? And that was me. Yeah. And I think that's the whole the basis. And so when we sold it to CW, it, they had it for 6 months, never did anything with it. And then Comedy Central came and
1: I I think that's so much of a better a CW. Oh, it would have been terrible. I didn't it. want that. I didn't Cause want Because they would have fucking neutered and deballed Whoa. everything. And Comedy Central put it on at like midnight and shit, right? No, did, no, no, no. Comedy Central
2: neutered and deballed. They neutered and they, deballed. They, they 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 took the soul out of the show
1: and uh it was now worth, how much does – that hurt. I'm sure that did that feed some of your depression yes. as well, seeing your baby kind of molested. Well, so they basically removed me
2: uh, as the host, and they made the show hostless. And now, how
1: did they? How did they do that? Isn't it your show?
2: Yeah, they say uh, either we do this or we do it this way, or you don't have a show. And right. I have, you know, there's there's at least 20 people that have been a part of this show that I love, and they need this. You know, and I was like, well, I'm going to walk. And then and then if I walk, I fuck all those people's over. So I took a step back (laughs) and I was able to, like, swallow my pride and I was embarrassed. And I was like, you know, it's it's there's there's so much I'm leaving out, like in, in a sense, like when we were when we sold the show and the lead up to it, I was a full blown junkie. Like, I was addicted to opiates, and, you know, I didn't look my best. And right. and I think if you I think was comedy— You think that had something I, I, to do I, with it? I have to believe that because I don't think they could look at me and go, he's not talented enough, he's not this—
1: well, that show is so much of who you are and your spirit. And if you're the host of it, you carry the thread of that spirit throughout every episode. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So it gives the show more of a personality and identity to form around rather than just comics randomly singing. And that's songs. what they did.
2: That's what they did. What they did What they did do right at the tapings was we shot it like it was the regular jam here in L.A. And I hosted. it. And, yeah. and I'm a part of, you know— the series, you hear me and you see me a little bit, but it's for the most part it's just goes they try to do it like documentary style, like show that's the comics the wrong yeah, though. and that's
1: that's not what the show is. And didn't you guys do it somewhere on T V before Comedy Central? <laughs> no. Or am I misremembering that? You're you misremembering, okay, yeah. Okay. It was it was just on Comedy
2: Central. We had we had we did one so we did one hour special which which was which and was, then it became, and a that series. was with me. That was with yeah. me. I opened the show. I, yeah,
1: I, I, yeah, okay, I saw. But
2: that. but then the series, they, it, it, just like you said, they neutered it, and and I get it. Listen, I get it. I understand what their thinking was. Uh, it's an expensive show, and they wanted to pack it with as much star power as possible, but. I fought as hard as I could. But you're
1: probably the most musically talented comic on the show. I
2: am the most talented. I'll be. Listen, yeah. I, I'm not. This isn't my ego. This is. Oh, you're a fantastic. I musician. am. I know what. Listen, I am good at being me, and I know what I'm good at. I am a fantastic musician. I'm a fantastic comic. And when. What. What the jam did, and all of that, you know, what we're talking about, it's not like a sad story, like because. Of the jam it's opened me up and basically gave me the financial backing now just to be able to work on passion projects like you know like my stand-up because about a i was so depressed when the show came out yeah i was i isolated the day we wrapped shooting i isolated from the world and i just stayed in my apartment with me my dog and this girl i was dating who was also depressed so Mm -hmm. it was like two positive i mean two negatives make a positive and and then like we we're touring and everything's great and I was so depressed and then, but I wasn't really searching for stand up shows. I would get offers and I would do them. And then I went and did the show in San Diego, you know, so the show came out in, ended in May. So this is September and I didn't want to go down there to do the show, but I did. And I had the greatest time I've ever had on stage because I was so free because I didn't care. You didn't give a shit And then anymore. that was the moment where I was like, I'm a comic. First and foremost, and this is what I love. And then I just started focusing on that. And like we were talking about, how the industry tries to change you. I started growing my hair back out. I started dressing the way I want to dress. I, I, instead of trying to clean my jokes up, I just made them dirtier and yeah. more edgy. And the next thing I know, um, we're at where I'm at now, which is I've never been happier. People. Are seeing me on stage being like blown away by the change that i've made because i'm able to live in the moment and be myself and it's like i could go on stage now and not get any laughs and still have the greatest time because i'm being me oh yeah and that is the key i
1: i, I i'll you know that's interesting that you said that uh like i'll never forget you know, Chris Rock, before he blew up, and you can see this set. It's on YouTube. It's before he blew up, but he's doing all that same material that's going to be, like, in that special that's going to be, like, there. Yeah. And he comes, and he does a just-for-laugh set with this all-time classic material, or that's going to be classic. It comes out, and it's a dud. It's just for laughs. Wow. Yeah, and the laughs aren't really there, and it's kind of tepid. But you look at Chris Rock, and you can see he knows— that he's better than the crowd. He knows that he's killing, you know, regardless of whether the crowd is there or yeah, not. He fucking that. knows. And you're watching, and you're like, this motherfucker is killing. Yeah. And the audience just, like, isn't there for whatever reason. But three months later, you know, they would be. That it's it's the, anytime
2: like, you win if you go up there and you're yourself. Yeah. If you're doing what you believe and you're saying your truth, Yes. Then, then you win every set. The audience doesn't have to. I don't walk off if they, if they didn't get my jokes. I, they just, you know, I just might not be for them. But if if I'm not gonna change my set anymore to fit a certain audience, I'm just gonna lean more into me. And by doing that, I'm separating myself from every other comic because there's no. There's no fucking Josh Adam Myers besides me, and it's like it's that's that's the most beautiful thing, and that's where I've been able to find happiness. You know,
1: I love that. So you would say Josh Adam Myers 2018 was a great year. It was the best year of Josh
2: Adam Myers. It was the best year of my life
1: for Josh Adam Myers, maybe. For all of the country, for all
2: of us, because it was a very regressive year. Because it was the only year that you really had.
1: Because we've all the other ones are gone, man. Yes, that's true. 2019 is the best. This life. is why I love talking to Josh. You see that? This is why this is that's what I'm talking about right there. Uh, the whitest guy I've ever seen in my life. Just know, he, he looks like he shits Josh Groben <laughs> CDs. That guy was white as oh fuck. God, he looks like he talks really loud about business and airports. You know that guy? <laughs> that was a good, better reference of mine. I was good. <laughs> All right. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to find out just how much of a year 2018 was by playing a game. Let's do it. The game is, 20, it, did it happen in 2018 or 1820? Oh, I love this. 2018 or 1820, cue the game. Oh, here we are. In today's game of 1820 or 2018, we have
2: Josh Adam Myers. It's me again, people.
1: You're I'm back, Josh not Adam bad. Myers. I'm back. I didn't go
2: anywhere. I've been here the whole time.
1: Who is your favorite family feud host, Josh Adam Myers?
2: Oh fuck uh, The original guy The the dude from the movie The Running Man Oh
1: yeah That dude's the best Cause he'd like uh, Kiss you know, girls He molested and- them on camera Before yeah, like Hashtag me too to everybody uh, He me too to everybody Okay Here we go In our first question 2018 or 1820 Rules of the game I will state an event And you tell me Whether it happened In 2018 Or in 1820 Okay Okay Josh Adam Myers. Mount Rainier erupts, 2018 or 1820? 2018. Ding, 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 correct. Next question. American Colin O'Brady has completed the first ever solo, unsupported, a unaided crossing of Antarctica. Um, 2018.
2: 2018,
1: correct. Because
2: I can imagine he would have died before, you know. I don't think they'd done it before. <laughs> like, he, he probably had, like, a really good, like, Patagonia jacket. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, you need something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You need a Patagonia can't jacket. You can't do that in 1820. Maybe
1: the North Face. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, dude. Rocking with the North yeah, Face. Yeah, North Face, not Patagonia. But North he States. had he
2: had Patagonia, like, underlings on. Like,
1: underclothing. Like Maybe some up boots stuff. or something. 100%. You odds. did uh, basically the freshman girl at college outfit. <laughs> he's, he was, he's, it's cold in class. <laughs> it's so cold in my sociology class. <laughs> okay, Josh Adam Myers. Yeah. 2018 or 1820. A Chinese later leader is declared ruler for life.
0: 2018.
1: 2018. Ding, ding, ding. Actually, this is both. We had Xi Jinping be declared ruler for life, president for life. And in 1820... The Dao Gong Emperor also declared
0: himself Emperor for life.
2: That's funny that this was a this was kind of like a double sided question. Yes. Uh, but but I, I the reason I remember that is because Trump went. Uh,
0: you know I wish I could do the same thing. <laughs> Whatever he he was like we should should that do was that kind of here. like a Paul McCartney Trump. That yeah. was interesting. You know you know it's all about that fake news. <laughs> yeah. It's all the fake news. I'm firing Jaden. Jeff Sessions. <laughs> I love that. I do too. I, so love much that. I love that. I love Paul and
1: McCartney and Trump. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't like Mexico. Get him out of our country. I don't want him in our country.
1: Yo, uh, Paul McCartney Trump, what's your favorite Pink Floyd album?
0: Oh, it's, it's you know, it's definitely metal. <laughs> or really? a saucer full of secrets. I, I think that's what it's called. Really, Paul McCartney? Sure. Not The wall. <laughs> Oh fuck! You set me up for a joke, <laughs> and I and I, complete, I loved you dude, that one, baby. And I, and I completely, my brain went all kaboogly doogly.
1: See, regular Trump would have gotten that one. Paul yeah, McCartney, Trump, it. not so much. I, you literally set me up. I you, set I, you up so I, beautifully, I, dude. And I was like, <laughs> so beautifully. And I
2: actually thought what what albums I liked most. <laughs> I was like, oh,
0: <laughs> probably, um, probably, you know, the uh, wish, wish you were here. That's, that's a good one.
1: That's how you know Josh knows about music because I've never heard of any. <laughs> you ever heard of metal, out. or wish you were here? I wish you were here, I know. Wish you were here is great. Metal and metal's great. Listen
2: wish to metal. Do me a favor. Listen to metal. The other one is when uh, uh, Sid Barrett was the lead singer, and so it's a little more psychodelically, uh infused.
1: Okay, Josh Adam Myers. Hit me. Eighteen twenty or twenty eighteen. Our producer Shithead Tommy lost his virginity. 2018 neither it's a trick question ah you
2: fuck face you got me
1: <laughs> tommy has not lost his virginity and he's not here to defend how old so. is tommy tommy he's like 22 going on 14 i wish you were here for tommy can i tell you why because we had tommy here three or four weeks ago he's he's a producer he works here at the laugh factory he was very depressed about his burgeoning stand-up career after being in la for six months oh, i God. wish you were here talk to Tommy. Can you say something to Tommy Tommy, right now? Tommy,
2: just just keep riding that saddle and realize it's going to take a long time, bro. It's going to take a long fucking time.
1: Or go home, Tommy. There'll be less traffic on the 405.
2: You you really (laughs) must be on the 405 a (laughs) lot. I am, man.
1: Going down to that Long Beach show. Okay. 1820 or 2018 a U.S. president in a country still suffering from the effects of war and bitter bitter partisanship using his influence as president to encourage compromises and ending, endorsing a consensual form of American patriotism. 1820 or 2018? Do you want me to read it again? Yeah, read it again. A U.S. president in a country still suffering from the effects of war and bitter partisanship uses his influence as president to encourage compromises and endorses a consensual form of American patriotism.
2: Uh, I'll do 1820. Ding, ding, day, correct! uh, Because Trump would never
0: (laughs) try to bring the country together. That is James Monroe. Do you like my game show, boy? I love it, it's good. Yeah. I like it so much, (laughs) it's a
1: good voice. (laughs) President McCartney Trump, 2018 or 1820, A magnitude 7.5 earthquake hits Indonesia, causing a tsunami that kills 2,000 people and injures more than 10,000.
2: 2018.
1: Ding, 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 correct. Moving on. Second to last question. The president, when touring an impoverished community, says only blacks could live like this.
0: 1820
1: or 2018? Uh, I mean, I, I bet
2: they both said it. I mean, it's a trick question, but I'm going to go with 2018.
0: Correct! Ding, 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 ding! Hey. In 1820,
2: I can see, I could see a, a
1: president saying that as well, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But how fucked up is it that it's not 1820, sir? And our last one. 2018 or 1820, the president's anus is perfectly shaped to fit a Putin-sized dildo.
2: I'm taking a, a risk here, but I'm going to go with 2018. Correct, 2018.
0: Josh Adam Myers. Yeah, yeah. Correct. And our
1: last one, what is the year that funk ruled eternal?
2: 1820.
1: Wrong <laughs> every year, sir. Every year. Give it up today's winner, Josh Adam Myers.
2: Everybody. I'm, I'm oaf. I went I went like, I went, what was it, 10 questions? I went nine for 10.
1: It's okay. You win a lifetime supply of self-esteem, Josh uh, Adam you. Myers I of self-esteem. Now, Josh, did you make any new year's resolutions this year i didn't
2: no i um i mean i'm kind of making resolutions every day like just you know uh just it's really i just said just be good to myself that's it yeah that's really but that's kind of what i try to do every day
1: now you were a big sports fan huge i saw that you actually have the washington nationals tatted on your wrist i have the orioles
2: I have the Nationals and I have the Wizards. All Why the do you logos. have two
1: competing baseball Maryland, teams? Maryland, Maryland,
2: and DC, man. This is it's just these represent just the areas. Yeah, it's okay. Like, it's oh, like that's this, like gang signs. Yeah, so this is this is the Orioles. Because one, I was an Orioles fan first and foremost, but I root for the people of the district, right? And Maryland and Virginia. I just I love that area, so. uh you know, I just I like tattoos too, and I thought it was cool to get like what some people think is a Walgreens tattoo.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got the CVS dog. We can't get we can't get along now. You yeah, know dude, what I mean? We got beef. That's like fucking Crips and Bloods. <laughs> CVS Walgreens. What's up, bitch? Check out my Rite Aid tattoo. <laughs> oh, right, that's
2: like those guys aren't big enough yet. Rite Aid. You know what I mean? They they're still on the come up. I love that you think that Rite Aid is on the come up. They're everywhere.
1: <laughs> we well, we don't have that in the Midwest. We had we had CVS. But I digress. Are you ready for some sports resolutions? Let's do it. Okay, what resolution would you make for your Washington Wizards, who have been the victims of much squabbling and infighting this year?
2: Uh, Dismantle. Fire and dismantle. Fire Ernie Grunfeld uh, and dismantle the team.
1: My resolution, if I was the Washington Wizards, would be to somehow get from under that ridiculous John Wall contract. Doesn't he get paid like 45 million in 2020? Yeah, or in 2020,
2: he's making, uh, yeah, I think it's about 45, upwards of 40. I know that for a yeah, fact. Yeah, that's and, crazy. But uh, he, it's sad, man, because he, one, I think he was off this season because he had a real bad heel problem. And he's uh, one of those
1: guys who's always hurt, though. And he's so reliant on his speed. Yeah. If he has like any nagging thing. But I've also seen, it's kind of like that Ewing theory that when you eliminate a player, the team gets better. That team with Bradley Beal at the point guard had had moments last year of real
2: functionality. Well we'll see today because we're playing the Atlanta Hawks and for the rest of the season. I mean but also, is, is it, is but walls, also out wall, wall's out for the rest of the season. Also, keep this in mind, last year they had Marcin Gortat and he was a much better player than uh than than a lot of the like fans that were like, get him out. It's all about John wall. Like John is our best and worst player Yeah, because he is the guy that could win a game for us. He's also the guy that's going to throw the ball away and throw some ridiculous Absolutely. pass and get a turnover. Uh, so it's sad, man, because I love John wall and I met him and, and I'm like such a huge because wizards you know fan. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. But I, dude, I, I am a, I am. It's all right now. Capitals are my number one love because the feeling that I got when they won the Stanley cup felt so good. And I'm just carrying that with me. Um, the Wizards have always been my number one team in sports, and it's to see them like just shit the bed so bad this year. It's, it's gotta be painful. It is because I watch every game, and it's like I like to watch them win. I hate seeing them keep it close until the third quarter, and then they, it, they the other team goes on a twenty to two run. Oh and yeah, like,
1: we spank you all the time us Pacers fans. Okay, I've Well, but your team's good. We are good.
2: Ol- Oladipo's great, and you
1: also have Miles Turner is. You also have Bojan back. Bojan is great. Miles Turner is perhaps the best defensive center in the league. But if I was you guys, I would unload Wall to a dumb team. Who? Like but how do you do There's that? There's only two teams that I think are dumb enough to take John Wall. One is owned by James Dolan up in New York. I think the New York Knicks might be a team to take a swing on John Wall. The other one. Is uh, the Phoenix Suns because they're so uh, dysfunctional? Yeah, and they were literally signed a guy off the street who was playing point guard for them earlier this year. Is that I true? Think, I think uh, yeah, like uh, the D League, uh, like okay. uh, the G League, and yeah. then the next game he was their starting point guard. You know, but uh, I think that kind of a team, young team, they don't have a lot of uh, a lot of contracts on their books. They could be like a scenario under which they could take a job. But Waltz. we're going to have to,
2: we're going to have to give up not just John Wall. We're going to have to give up draft picks as well. Yes. Like- because
1: his contract is so poison. You have to put other assets that people would actually. Yeah.
2: Want. Yeah. And he's not good enough to. God, I hate saying that. <laughs> Fuck.
1: Let's man. do, let's do some more Please. NBA. I'm resolutions. sorry. It's,
2: my resolution is to find a new team. <laughs> no, you have to stick with your team. That's never, what, makes it, leave, it. That's That's what trust, makes it worth it. I'll never leave them. That's what makes it worth it, the pain. I am, Sean, I am actually considering leaving the Don't Redskins. Don't be a though. fucking carpetbagger. I'm, I'm, I'm considering leaving the Redskins. That is interesting. Let's
1: talk about this for a yeah, second. This is not the first time I've heard this about the Washington Redskins, and it's backed up in the facts. This is the third or fourth time in the last week. In 2008, the Washington Redskins were number one in attendance in the entire NFL. This year, they were 28th. Okay, as Redskins Nation speak as to why this has happened.
2: It's, well, I think the attendance is dropping not just because of the soaring prices of parkings, $100. The beers are, you know, fifteen or whatever, and the food is super expensive. It's not just that; it's just that uh, we got We and we we have an owner like Jerry Jones, but at least Jerry Jones knows football. Dan Snyder just puts his hand in everything, ruins everything. You know, when we he ruined yeah. RG three, he ruined uh, Kirk Cousins. They pick up these terrible players. He's
1: the James Dolan of the NFL,
2: hundred percent, and he's and
1: also it's like he's you, one can't, of
2: those, yeah. you you can't have a racist name and and be fucking you know, you got you can't be you can't be four and twelve with a racist name. You gotta be twelve <laughs> and four. You have to win. You have to.
1: And if I If you're think, gonna have a racist name, you have to fucking win. You have to. If you're, gonna, if you're going to be the Oakland Curry Breaths, so you got to be at least yeah, 13 gotta to 3. Yeah, got to put up
2: points, man. And the Redskins, I have been a fan. We haven't won. <laughs> Dude, check this out. There's a stat. I wish I could I – see if I can pull this up. We haven't ever had, since 1991, we ha- we're, we've had zero 11, 11 or more win seasons.
1: That is ridiculous. Yeah. Like you have to really try to do that. But to me, Dan Snyder is one of those owners that's so rich – that he thinks he's good at everything because but he's, he's not, rich, but he's not. So he medals in all those teams. Another thing you guys should have done this year is sign Kaepernick. You know, if you would have signed Kaepernick, who is much better than Sanchez and and Josh Johnson, that I think he would have gotten a little karma points. Back in your face. Yeah, but
2: uh, he's an idiot. And yeah. instead, they picked up the other guy that, like, beat his wife or whatever. Like, we picked up that dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. As we soon as they that, cut Ruben Foster. Back, yeah, Ruben Foster. As soon and,
1: as he domestically abused for, like, the seventh 7th We'll probably time,
2: pick up Kareem Hunt and, you'll probably get... and Ray Rice. Yeah. And, and that'll be. You'll have he, a whole team. He just. It's it's like this, man. I I can't. I love football so much. That's I, I, the only sport I do that too. I watch. I watch the whole day Sunday. I I watch yeah. a, a 10 a.m. game. I watch a one o'clock game, and I watch the five o'clock game. And uh, and I love fantasy football, and I love being a part of it. And that's kind of what keeps me interested. But uh, with well, the Redskins, I could give a shit. I football, could give a
1: shit. Football is also the most. It's a game where strategy and tactics and coaching matters the most. Like in basketball, it's like kind of like jazz music you know, freeform jazz music where the players are conducting kind of what's happening on the court. And football is so much more like war where you have like, you know, a strategy dictated down from the generals and then you have like your field commanders, whether that's your quarterback or your, you know, whoever's calling the plays on your defense, whatever linebacker that yeah. is, you know? And I've, I, an English guy actually said it the best. It's my favorite quote on football. He says, it's like a chessboard that resets itself after every play. You know what I mean? And anyone who's gone in a stone six-hour Madden session knows exactly what I'm talking I about. Or Tecmo Bowl I, I Bowl. I think that's a great
2: way to put it. It's war. It's it's chess. It's, it's you know, yeah. like, you know, if you can— you It's can, the Rwandan genocide it, it, of
1: sports. Okay. I mean, I don't get the
2: reference, but uh, anytime you say There's genocide no in a riff, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty dope. Yeah,
1: I'm pretty hardcore. So what would your resolution be for the Washington Redskins?
2: Um— i mean I, I i just they need to fi- it's always fire man they got to get rid of the gm and dan snyder needs to step back completely we need to get a gm that's really dude we we gave up sean mcveigh who is look what he's done with the rams you know we've given enough seasons to the uh jo- to jay gruden um I, I just don't know i don't know and i don't want to
1: root for them anymore well you can, I've said it once, I'll say it a thousand times. You can get rid of a bad coach, you can get rid of a bad GM, but you can't get rid of a bad owner, right? You can't. Okay. We're fucked. Uh, we're fucked, dude. That's why I think so people are, that's why people have stopped fun. going. Yes. Uh, New Year's resolutions, Ben Simmons made national news when he pulled up for a 20-foot jumper against the Clippers with 15 or 16 seconds left on the shot clock Uh Tuesday, Simmons only attempted one three-pointer all of last season. What is your New Year's resolution if you were Ben Simmons' jump shot?
2: I mean, uh, hire a hire a shooting coach. I'm surprised he can't shoot. Like he's so bad at free throws. It's
1: fucking comical. It's the point where people are like cheering whenever he even takes like a ten foot jump shot. I've never seen anything like it. But he's still life.
2: he's still like you have to be able to shoot in the NBA, especially if you're running point. Yes. Uh, but he. But I think I think the clipper not the Clippers, the '76 dude. Yoel M. Yoel Embiid hits three pointers. Yeah like well yeah and like 34 35% pretty yeah. good and i mean the fact that ben simmons can't even hit free throws it's it's just ridiculous i think him.
1: he's the most overrated player on the most overrated team you think they're overrated the, i think they're totally overrated especially before the Jimmy Butler thing. We'll see how the Jimmy Butler thing works out. I'm still not convinced they have enough spacing or shooting on that team, but Ben Simmons to me as your second best player is not going to happen. If you see what the Celtics did to him in the playoffs where you literally just play off of him and you're essentially playing defense five on four. You know what I mean, which is what's going to happen to the Sixers every time they reach the playoffs. Yeah, I believe it. I just don't. I just don't. I just don't see. It. I just don't. don't tell buy Big it. Jay Okerson that. I just don't buy. It. I
2: watched a lot of their games when I when uh, I was staying with Jay for like three weeks in New York, and yeah. he watches every game.
1: Yeah. And uh, they're an exciting, fun team to watch. They're would, really I would, fun. I would say, you know. My one NBA gamble lock was the under for wins on the Sixers this year because if you actually look at their schedule last year, they ended on like some crazy 16 or 17 game win streak. Yeah. And every single one of those games was against uh, an opponent under 500. The team that they played over 500, the only team they played over 500 kicked their ass, which was the Indiana Pacers. Okay. Good for you. Moving on. Very good. They make me happy like the Capitals make you happy. Did you hear LeBron James' latest comments on his ESPN Plus show detail?
2: Uh, he said uh, NFL owners are slave owners, right?
1: <laughs> no, he called himself after the uh, after uh, the Golden State Warriors, after the last time they beat the Golden State Warriors in the finals when they're down 3-1, he said that made him the greatest of all time, okay? I'm going to play a clip for you. Here's MJ talking after his first three-peat which repeat Josh Adam Myers? The, the first one. Was it the second one or the first? It was one? the first one. Oh, the, after the first repeat. Why How, are they
2: waiting until 2020 to release that documentary about that season? Oh that God. that's not right, it man. Looks so don't tease good. us. Wait,
1: that's not next year. No, it's. 2020. That, I mean, that's not this year. It's 2020. I thought that was coming out this year. It's 2020. If you don't know, there's a 10 part documentary on the Bulls last season coming out, which is gonna be amazing. It's gonna be the best, man. That because was such a great
2: year, man. Great year,
1: and also so much drama that year, but between uh, Phil Jackson, uh, Phil Jackson, and MJ on one side, and the uh, GM uh, Jerry Krause, who put together all those teams, who thought he was the guy who was really the one—they all
2: world. were. They all were. That's just this. We just stop. That's that's where the ego is not your amigo, people. Your ego they,
1: is not your amigo. Just, just,
2: just go, dude. You gotta like, if if you're like, the Jam is successful because of everybody. It's yes. like
1: I'm a big part of it. But it's for everybody. Yes. Uh, I'm so glad you said that. Your ego is not your amigo. Here is Michael Jordan. Mr. Ego. Here is Michael <laughs> Jordan speaking about being the greatest player and then LeBron James after him.
0: Personally, I mean, individual goal was that Magic, Bird, Isaiah never did this. So that meant a lot to me to do it for the third time. Yes. You know, uh, I won't say that I'm better than those people. But I think in terms of success, continuous and, and consistently, that puts me right up there with them, if not you know, a step above them. You know, so I'm not here campaigning for the best player in the world or in the history. I'm not saying that, you know, because everybody plays differently in different eras. But to say that we won three in a row and I was a part of that team. That so one right there made me the greatest player of all time. For some reasons. And then after I stopped, I was like, That one right there made you the greatest player of all time.
1: It's like if you're cool, you don't have to say. You don't say it, (laughs) because if you say it, it immediately makes it not. You're not. If you have to say it, you're not. And you know MJ is known to have one of the biggest egos on the planet. Yes, he does. But the reason that he works so hard to get to those three-peats was because he respected all those other players so much. Yeah, You know, my uh, Michael Jackson, you know, uh, Magic Johnson and Larry and all those cats. He respected them so much, and he wanted to beat them earnestly, you know, to where there was no doubt just by the accomplishments on the court. He wasn't trying to, like, sway your social media opinion or some bullshit like that. You know what yeah, I mean?
2: Yeah, I, I just think, listen, he came back. Also, there were factors. Draymond got— Draymond missed game five or Draymond, game six?
1: Draymond missed, I think, a few games, right? He missed, I, I know he missed
2: game five. Yeah. Listen, I'm not taking anything from LeBron because right. LeBron is the best player playing today. Absolutely. Uh, Agreed. And then, you know, but I also, I think when you have to say it, it it's, it's just it devalues what you're doing. It's just... Just just play the game. Let Everybody else is going to make the argument for you. I know. It doesn't mean anything. Which to...
1: which, which all the kids are on LeBron's side. If you talk to him, I think it's ludicrous. I mean, Jordan had six. That's all that matters. It's and am
2: bad... six that Jordan never lost. He never lost. He never, he in never lost in the finals. He, he always hit the game winner. He, he was the was best the... player. He
1: didn't need Kyrie to do shit you for know, him. But now,
2: listen, he had a team. He, he had a team. They were kind
1: of a shit team though, if you think about it, you uh, know. Come
2: on, Steve Kerr, Bill Cartwright, fucking so, <laughs> Tony Kukoc, the biggest. <laughs> exactly, Tony, you're kind of proving my point though. Dude, Tony Kukoc was one of the best European players to come out, you know, next to he like nice. Dirk Nowitzki and, nice. and now Luka.
1: My favorite uh Michael Jordan story is he's standing at midcourt at the Bulls practice facility it's with a Sports Illustrated writer and he's got like Bill Weddington is, is standing there like under the hoop. And like the other backup centers are there and he turns to Sports Illustrated right and he says, see, you see what I got to play with 21 feet of shit. Good for him. him. <laughs>
2: he single handedly uh, killed Kwame Brown's career. Yeah, because yeah. when Kwame was drafted and he started playing with him, he would just put him down and put him down and, and Kwame's confidence. He was made a cry.
1: Now, yeah, can going. I can I say this? I'm glad you're here as a Wizards fan. One of my favorite Jordans is Washington Wizards Jordan, okay? Because it shows kind of like the strength of the human spirit but the limits of the human body. Cuz you know, everyone thinks of that as a failure. But when Michael was ha- was when Michael was healthy, they were a playoff oh, team. We, dude, we were, we were 500. Or we were, I think we were 42
2: and 40 both seasons. Uh, he averaged, uh, I, th- I want to say, 22
1: points both yeah. seasons.
2: He had a 50, 60-point game. Yes, he had uh, back-to-back
1: 40-point games as a 40-year-old. So for all these people online that say competition's better now, Jordan couldn't have done it. Jordan did that in 2002, 2003. Jordan was a as wizard. A,
0: 40-year-old yeah.
1: against competition that is still playing today. Yeah. Like Vince Carter, who's 42, still one of the more athletic players in the league. Those were the cats he was playing against, you know what I mean, back yeah. then. And there's still – so you can't say that the league is so much more athletic now or something. Jordan would come in and destroy it. No hand-checking? Jordan with no hand-checking? I know. Are you kidding me? Ah, oh, It makes me upset. So what would your New Year's resolution be for LeBron James's ego?
2: I don't think he's ever going to win another championship. I'd say just just be quiet. You've accomplished so much, and just enjoy the game, man. If you love it, just enjoy
1: it. LeBron James ego. I want to like you so much, LeBron, and then you do stuff like this. It's just really annoying.
2: Jordan's yeah. the greatest player in the history of. Yes. I think one of the greatest players in the history of professional sports. Sport. I, I don't think. I think it's there's like, like Jesse like, Owens, Michael yeah, Jordan, it's like Ollie, Gretzky. It's
1: like. Here is you know, the other thing. Uh, when you bring up hockey, you know. I think the buzz around Gretzky coming to LA is so much more than the buzz around LeBron now. If you think about the media, oh fl- yes, no people in LA don't even like. It's not even like a hot thing to go to the Lakers game or to go see LeBron play. Like it's very no one gives a shit. There was there was
2: more there was more buzz for the team when when the Lakers got Dwight Howard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you it's that? true. There was more yeah, buzz for the team when the Lakers got Dwight. Because I don't think it's not like I don't know, man. It, it was it was you know I I I I remember when Gretzky came to LA and there's that great documentary about it, the Thirty for Thirty. Uh, it was exciting because. L.A. had never been a hockey town. And yeah, now that's it a was. great one to watch for yeah, people if they do but, but the Lakers are always, you know, now the Rams, but the Lakers are still one of the hottest tickets. You know, even when they suck, they, they still sell out. Um, I, I just don't know. I don't know why there is no buzz uh, for LeBron. I think... I think it's just maybe everybody kind of thinks they're like, yeah, I don't think he's really going to win a championship. I think, I, I think that's it's, why it's, it's, it's like so, it's, so
1: fair weather because the Warriors are still looming so large over the landscape. Nobody takes it like it's, and they also
2: yet. know that he's only here now just to you know work with his production company. This is what I assume, but it's just like, dude, yes. I, it's so funny. The ESPN. Uh, what do they call them, pundits? Or the guys that are talking all the time, you know, well, I see, you know, I see, you know, it's definitely Durant's going to go to the Warriors. Like, whoever says that. Easiest job in the fucking world, But but they were saying that LeBron was going to go to L.A., you know, after last season, you no, not after last season, after the se- the season before last. Yeah. So they know, man. They 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 really do have their ears to things. They were right. Yeah. Uh, was, Anthony Davis
1: is going to end up on the Lakers, 100% un- he unless is. the Celtics somehow can put, put in the god. Now, see package. that
2: would be exciting if Anthony Davis comes to L. A. That's gonna be exciting, and I could definitely see them being like. And now they have something. It's like because they don't got anything. It's Anthony just LeBron.
1: Davis may be the best player in the NBA. It's hard to tell because of the roster that he's on. I, I don't
2: know who the best player on the on the in the NBA. It's it's definitely like LeBron. I still think is. Um, I I th- I think Kevin Durant is probably is probably up there as well. Top three players. I think honestly, my my opinion, and I know people are gonna go against this is Kawhi. I think Kawhi is the best well-rounded player in the NBA Yo, he, uh, defense. Yeah. And he has no life besides basketball. And he's like, he's literally he has no personality. <laughs> yeah. It's which like, is
1: why he was perfect on the Spurs. Uh, but.
2: Yeah. But no, but yeah, cause he was, he was with Popovich and Popovich just instilled. Like he always had players that just didn't say shit and yeah. played basketball.
1: I'm not going to at you on that. Josh Adam Myers. I'll tell you why. Because when people are judging and evaluating basketball players, uh, They tend to completely forget the defensive side of the ball, which is half of the fucking game. That's why rings matter more in the NBA than to the NFL to me. To me, I don't think you can fully judge Dan Marino that he didn't win any rings because he didn't play. He only played half the fucking game. You know what I mean? But NBA player, you can impact everything. And at such an intrinsic level, and I also think that's what separates. So I accept Kawhi, but that's also what separates MJ from LeBron is that he was the best positional defender for the he last. Was, dude,
2: he was defensive player of the year. Yeah, he led I've, the league I, in steals. I, I, I don't
1: think LeBron has ever gone defensive player. No, and but that's that's also why I love Kawhi
2: because I watch how he plays. It's impossible to like to really like to have him guard you and you have a big game. That's why I think James Harden will never be in the discussion of the best player in the NBA
1: right now. No, he can't play
2: defense. He can score better than anybody, but he plays. Zero defense. Yes.
1: Okay. Last resolution. Uh, former Mi- Michigan State and USA gymnastics doctor Larry Nasser was convicted of sexually abusing young uh, women gymnastics who were under his care. 332 victims have come forward saying Nasser took advantage of his position. New Year's resolutions for Larry Nasser's butthole.
2: Uh, he deserves whatever goes up there. Uh, I, I don't know. I have no resolution for him because I don't even want to think about him. He's just a, just an evil person that could do that,
1: right? Yeah, isn't it? What's right. your resolution for Larry Nasser's butthole? Yeah, clench, motherfucker, clench. You I mean, know what that
2: I mean? It just, it's it's probably ripped apart at this point. Oh, he's so he's fucked. probably in isolation. They but don't he put deserves him in Gen it. Pop. It, You know what I mean?
1: Just, I mean, yes, he
2: hundred percent deserves it, but you know. We don't flog people anymore, and we should sometimes.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, on that note, let's do one more. Okay? So audio merge of Louis C.K. apparently mocking students turned activists from Parkland, Florida, right? It caused a big thing. What do you think, like, New Year's resolutions for Louis C.K.'s recorded sets? What do you think?
2: Um. Here's what I think, and he said it in the set, he has nothing to lose anymore, so he's just probably going to be the most honest version of of himself more than he ever was. He never, you know, watched what he said when he was on stage before, and, and I think, like, you know, you can't take anything from that guy, so, um, you know... I want to say it's it's fucked up that, you know, if people are – if they want to go see him, go see him. If they don't,
1: don't. Yeah, which is what David Axelrod, of all people, said. I think, you know, take Louis C.K. and all that out of the equation. It's so weird to me – and this goes for Tiffany Haddish too – that you can just record these sets, and then they can be on every, like, website – Every blog post, yeah. it's pirated material. You couldn't walk into a movie theater and record five minutes of fucking, you know, Venom or Aquaman and then post that on, uh, you know, on YouTube or whatever. YouTube or yeah. whatever or, or embedded in a blog. I think that's really fucked up. But I, comedians, pe- people police. Com- and this is outside what people if people police their politicians the same way they do comedians would be a much better country i
0: mean we
2: have a president that says whatever he wants and I, I do that joke on stage it's like he calls mexican people bad hombres and it's like dude if that was the manager of an applebee's he'd, he'd be get fired, fired you know yeah. and that guy has a, a, the most unresponsible job in the world he manages an applebee's yeah. like so it's like it's just such a double standard if if you're gonna get mad You know, if you get mad at what Louis C.K. says, you gotta get mad at what the president says. The president is the face of the nation, and he's he's basically- For every,
1: I have a new theory. For every one minute of outrage that you feel, Donate an hour toward that cause because then you're putting positivity in it. You're not just like raging into a fucking void. You know For what I sure. mean? For sure. No, I completely Something. agree. Okay. That's been resolutions. Any thoughts on the NFL games this weekend, Josh? Who um, you
2: got? I'm excited to see him. I, I I think the Eagles would, if Nick Foles plays. Nick Foles good, or
1: Jesus? Yeah. More, who's <laughs> more of a miracle worker? Nick Foles or Jesus? I think
2: Nick Foles, man. I, I, think, I think he's. I mean I'm a Redskins fan, like I said, but um I could see the Eagles pulling it off.
1: Who are you uh, picking out? NFC pick is the
2: Eagles? Who are the out of the, who coming out? I think the Rams this Bears, year. Saints,
1: th- Rams, Seahawks, Eagles.
2: I think I, I think oh, man, I think the Rams, Rams, Saints game is gonna be so good. Uh, but I think the Saints can win. Uh my Super Bowl is uh Fuck. this is gonna be weird. Saints, Chargers. I can Saints see the Chargers. Chargers making it man. They're a good team.
1: I like your AFC pick. My here's my here's my deal with the Saints and the Rams. And this fits into one of my Sean Joshi theories. And that's you have to be hitting your stride at the right time. And I think the Saints and the Rams have already peaked. You know, we've already seen their best football this year. If they catch a hot team like the Bears or the Eagles, then I think it's I think I think they're going to lose to them. You know,
2: I believe that. I think you're right because I I know what I just what I what I heard uh, on the Kornheiser podcast, which is uh, uh, Sean Sean Payton, uh, the coach of the Saints, basically was so disgusted with the way that they played in their last game, a meaningless game. He was just like he's going back to like we don't have we're not studying tape on the other team we're studying tape on ourselves. Yeah,
1: I think the Rams and Saints are in a lot of trouble, in a lot of trouble. The Saints, I think, have a better chance than the Rams because Drew Brees is such you know a presence he can pull them. Oh, out Oh, he's of he's incredible. It. So okay. who do
0: you
2: think is going to be in the Super Bowl?
1: Uh, NFC, I don't know. I think it's going to be Bears in the NFC. It's kind of my feeling. AFC, I don't know. What do you think AFC? Do you think Patrick Mahomes has enough to unseat? The Patriots this year.
2: I, I think it's the same thing with um, the Chiefs every year, man. It's just the Chiefs. <laughs> the Chiefs have no luck in the playoffs. So yeah, I think Patrick Mahomes is a miracle worker. But like you said, something that was so great, which is he doesn't play defense.
1: He doesn't play defense. You know, I and
2: don't. that's that's ultimately it's like he can if they if they stop him just a little bit and the other team you know, gets through, I mean, who knows? Yeah. It's going to be interesting.
1: Uh, my pick is for the Bears and the Chargers. I'm going Bears-Chargers. But I will say this. As a fan of the Indianapolis Colts who have won nine of the last ten games, if we're we going to beat Texans. We're going to beat the Texans this weekend. We are. It's just going to happen. We're going to beat them on Saturday. We are. It's going to be a good game. If we do that, we're going to face Kansas City. If we beat Kansas City, Josh Adam Myers, we will win the motherfucking Super Bowl. You heard it right here, folks. First and foremost, Indianapolis Colts 2018 champions. Any last thoughts, Josh?
2: No, just this was so much
1: fun. Really? You had a good time? I had a great time. Do you want to – usually Tommy does like uh, a live question at the end. Do you have time to do Tommy's live question or do you not have time to do Tommy's live question? How long is it going to take? Just answer however you want. You can answer it quickly. Let's do it. Shithead Tommy, we miss you today. He sent us a, a question, his life question for the week that we usually end on. He goes. Can your inner thoughts physically impact the outer world? Why or why not? Can your inner thoughts physically impact the well, outer world?
2: if yes, because if, if from my understanding, what he's saying is, of course, it can. Because if your inner thoughts, if you if you make them a reality and you and you do something to change using your body, you know, what I'm saying like work on yourself, but just you know, help others or. You know, if your inner thought's like, I'm empty, I need to help people, and then you start helping people, I mean, of course you're going to change the world.
1: I think, you know, inner thought, I think that's kind of, I think nihilism is kind of that break, where I think nihilists think that nothing that you think or do matters, you know, in the physical world or anything like that. But I don't think so. Every, everything, whether it's, whether it's a good or a bad thing, whether it's President Paul McCartney Trump building a wall, or let's say, um... Or let's say, you know, the Egyptians building the Great Pyramids, just in terms of a physical sense. All of that has to be manifested in the inner first, And I think that has great implications, not only uh, in the power of of life and the human spirit, but also kind of what all this fucking shit means, that you can just have a thought inside somebody. And that thought that's inside somebody can all of a sudden become, you know, Martin Luther King doing nonviolence. Sure. Or something like that. Which is like really fucking profound. If you that's think a great it. that's a great way to look at it. Yeah. Okay. Josh Adam Myers, thank you for coming here. Oh my pleasure um yeah guys uh follow us on instagram all that shit we're back we took last week off we're back every wednesday Follow on instagram uh what else do they follow uh, i'm
2: at josh adam Myers on all social media oh are you asking me to do a plug yeah do a plug. All right. josh at, at josh adam Myers on all social media uh go to the 500 podcast.com podcast. thank you buddy to find uh, out how to stream it on your platform and uh, yeah, man, at JoshAdamyers.com.
1: Thanks for coming, Josh. Well, also, this is fun today. We lost me and Gene Okerfield. Just gonna play Oker, out one of <laughs> What did I say? because oh, you were talking about Okers at all. Uh, We lost Mean and Gene. Just gonna play out on on one of his great interviews. All right, peace and love. Take care, guys. Bye.
0: Nick Schultz, as the fans call you, you see something like this happen, it's got to be upsetting to you. It don't upset me at all, baby. Let me tell you, I think it's great. You know what I mean? If you're going to go on the hunt, you got to be able to run with the big boys. If he can't run with the big boys, he should get out. He shouldn't come out here. Last time I was in San Francisco, I went downtown looking for a woman. You know what I mean? I wanted a woman. I couldn't find a woman. I found a lot of men that looked like women. Now you, Hulk Hogan, you belong in San Francisco. What's wrong with you, Gene? I'm telling you like it is, baby. You belong in San Francisco. That's your kind of place. That's your kind of people, because you've never had a woman, baby.